Welcome to another edition of Reptile Fight Club. I'm your host, Justin Newlander. We've got Mr. Chuck Poland here as well. Hello. Say hello to the people. <laughs> All right, well, hello. We're ready to fight. It's going to be a good one today. Yes. We've got, got our old friend Phil Wolf on today. So the Wolf. Glad to have him. The Whoa. Wolf of Wheeler Eye. <laughs> I love that. That's like one of my favorite like nicknames, Wolf of Whoa. Wheeler Eye. So if everybody cool. could see how big Justin is smiling when he says it, you, you yeah. would, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm flattered, but unfortunately, when I got that that nickname, I had Wheeler Eye Synctus. I've never uh-huh. actually owned Wheeler Eye. Ah, so now I'm you. like, damn, now I got now I have to buy Wheeler Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, have you, to tra- you... we'll have to change that. I'm, I've got a pretty nice uh, group. I'm, I'll have to send you a couple or something. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, they're really cool. I like, I'm liking them. So, and they seem to be very similar in care to Synctus. So, sure. It's the worst yeah, that go. Yep. Yeah. I love their, their face patterns too. The reticulations that the synctists don't really have very strongly, but yeah, did you see the albino one over in Australia? Yes. That's crazy looking. Oh man. I mean, I I still think I prefer the wild type, but that, that's pretty, pretty uh, vibrant. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, what's going on fellas? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Just snake dream. Yeah. yeah, got yeah. good good feedback on my NPR interview. So oh yeah, that bunch was of fantastic, people man. Reached out, so that was cool. Like yeah. it was good, you know, good to, uh, good to hear good feedback. And I had just a lot of fun with those guys. And uh, so yeah, it was cool, man. It was good. It was yeah, cool. I learned I learned some new stuff about you, man. I thought I, I thought Did I you? knew you well, but yeah, really, yeah, I, I didn't realize you'd be a monitor man in another life. That's cool. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Well, yeah. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, you know no, this. I like, agree. Yeah, they're they're I awesome. Mean, they're yeah, a lot of work, well, but they're awesome. And, yeah. and you know me, like I mean, like we we were friends when I had monitors, and I still oh, yeah. have some monitors. I just think like yeah. you know when you. Like, you know, it's hard. And as somebody who's done monitors with snakes and all kinds of other stuff, it's a it's a tricky balance just because, um, you know, they can be so much more work. And uh, I feel like now that I have, you know, geckos and and a a pair of monitors and and I have less snakes, it's probably less of a thing. But (laughs) it's still, you know, it's still like you still got to up your uh, up your workload game a little bit. For sure. For sure. Yeah. They they require pretty constant attention almost mm-hmm. but, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yep they're cool yeah. though i i man watching seeing all these guys getting the glowered eye like i want to get some really rocks they're so cool yeah steve had That's some funny. a while back but um yeah i got to uh, go photograph his for the website and stuff back in the day but yeah Speaking of Steve, I uh, I just talked to him. He said he just talked to you. Yeah, yeah. Did you did chat you, with him? You? Well, yeah, yeah, I did. I thought that was you know I was <laughs> I was funny. reaching out because I thought that was my responsibility. Yeah. Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you I just know. talked to him today. I just I, I was looking at pictures of New Zealand geckos, and I'm like, I got to nice. call Steve. It's been too long. <laughs> well, Man, apparently, when I get tasked with something, I'm I'm Mister Right, not Mister Right Now. So yeah, um, no, you know, it's all I, good, man. It's all good. Yeah. I told yeah. him, I'm like, Chuck says we got to have you on again, man. So yeah, when are you coming so, on. <laughs> well, I already hit him yeah. up. I'm like, did you yeah. set it up with Justin, or I mean, are we TBD? Like, let's make <laughs> this happen. So you yeah. know, yeah. So yeah, that's it's he's a good guy. Yeah. Oh, of course. I guess he's been pretty busy with the zoo, so we might yeah. have to wait till things. Well, I mean, if it, if we were gonna make it a surprise, sorry, I spoiled it. 
no so no it's Steve all good. will be coming yeah. on folks yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and this isn't uh fi- this isn't your first rodeo either huh you were on we we, we did one uh live in texas didn't we yeah we did yeah, yeah. we yeah. did that was a really fun time man yeah that was and good it's, stuff. it's it's always interesting because we all have our own, you know, podcasting set up and everything with microphones yeah. and headphones. <laughs> on. And here you are, five guys sitting around a, a coffee table, just sliding the cell phone from person to person. And like, uh-huh. It's so much more intimate, man. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it For is sure. kind of cool having being in person there. And yeah, it's been, it was a lot of fun. But well, I, I, I really like, I don't know, like doing that Herp trip with you and Justin, like you guys you guys are, you guys are <laughs> the real deal. You know, you got really broad knowledge and, and just really excited about everything and, and trying, really man. have some good, you know, thoughts and think things through. So I, I am like, we got to have you back again. We, we had Justin back again. So yeah, we, yeah. We'll have to I think keep we're just going to have yeah. Phil whoop our ass with some of his broad <laughs> knowledge right here today. There's a caveat to that because we got the knowledge reading your books. Oh God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, I don't know what to say about that. I'm, I'm blushing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of books, we we're getting the next, uh, sections from Russ and, uh, getting that closer to, we're pretty much finished with the layout. He said, he said he's got pretty much everything now. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to see that. I, he, he I thought he was going to send it day, but I haven't seen it. So we'll see. I, I also asked him if he wanted to be on the, on the podcast. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. Here. That'd be really cool. Hell yeah. 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 I'm down he's, for that. He's a, he's a pioneer, man. He's, yeah. He's done a lot of cool he's stuff. Fun to, he's fun. He's a fun guy to talk to. Oh yeah. Too. Like, yeah. Very, he's, you know, he's really like, cool. He's a cool yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that'd be fun. Well, I, I haven't heard back from him. He's busy. So yeah, for <laughs> we sure. We may not get him on. I don't know. Hey, but carpet got, book first, right? Yeah, exactly. Let's, <laughs> let's not uh, divert his uh, attention to something else right yeah, now, but for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's it's going to be fun to get that finished up. I I don't know. I, I I have a hard time too because I like I I cracked open the the knobtail book a, a couple of days ago just and I'd forgotten what I had in there. Like almost when you finish a project, you're like, I don't want to look at this. I don't want to think about this for you know a little while, and then you can kind of go back and enjoy it. But yeah, for me, it's like I go back and realize what I you know did wrong or missed or didn't include you know it's like oh man what's well, like that's a musician's every- song is never finished right? yeah yeah exactly I, yeah i i do a lot of home improvements and i know every mistake and i walk <laughs> past it and it just bothers me to death so yeah i can i can imagine that the book is probably the same the same issues yeah yeah but it, i mean it's fun yeah yeah well, um, what do we uh, what do we got going on? Breeding seasons in full swing, or you getting yeah. much breeding activity? Me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the the, the gex- yeah. So you know, like I said, I never see anything. See so you know, yeah. I mean, uh, I've seen the male and the female disappear into the into the nesting box. Uh, so that's always a good sign, but. You know who who knows like uh you know those years that I I I had with what I was pretty sure was you know ovulation ended up with butt kiss so mm-hmm. you know y- yeah. y- it looks like it's all going great and just nothing happens so uh, you know, know the feeling <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's yeah. you know it's yeah. it and it, hey man an exercise in just you know letting go and yeah. letting things happen and if they yeah. happen if happens, amazing if it, yeah if mm-hmm. they didn't. 
hey man, whatever, you, you know. Still got so, the animals, yeah. You yeah, exactly, exactly. It, so they breed or not. Yeah. Yep, and and sure. you know, like we talked about, uh, it, if it if it doesn't work out, then good data either way, right? You you can mm. pretty much say, okay, well, keeping them in the same room but changing cages matters, like uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. So yep. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How about you, How Phil? About, you got some yeah. some good stuff going on. I uh, I don't. Um, it's funny you just mentioned like geckos. I haven't produced a gecko in like three years, man. And like mm. I'm about ready to just change up how I'm doing everything because mm. I don't know if it's my tub size or the amount of sand that I have because I try to make it as naturalistic as I can. Yeah. And my girls just hate my boys, and that's mm. just this is it. Mm. So I have a, another friend who told me to basically go to neutral territory and just get a CB70 rack with just that much sand in it, you know, just about an inch or so. And throw them in that as like neutral, you know, no man's land, mm-hmm. so to speak, and just let them be for a day or two and then pull them out and do it again and pull them out. So I might try that this year. But yeah. all my uh, all my snakes are too small still, man. I uh, uh, okay. I got a yeah. bunch of babies in 2019 and 2020 and just raising stuff up. So yeah. Yeah. I've got uh, between my friend Marcus and I, we last year, we got 20 nine sarasti sarastis oh wow and uh <laughs> some cool. of them will be breeder size this season like this coming april in a couple months but we really haven't decided what we want to pair and how we want to pair it so mm-hmm. i'm probably going to start giving them like a light cool it's it's really late in the season to cool them but mm-hmm. i'm going to give them a light cool like this month and just kind of see if i get some some tail wagging or something like that and cross our fingers so yeah that's cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine how, like, you know, you think about feeding, uh, you know, baby Anteresia, you can pick them up and, you know, help assist feed them if you need to, but with the little Serastes or something, that's probably not, uh, you know, the best way to do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've, I've gotten lucky in the past with some of the smaller, like we've, uh, Serastes, Serastes, Serastes Vipera. Yeah. Babies, uh, I'll take a frozen thought pinky head. Mm-hmm. And I'll take a piece of lizard shed from mm-hmm. like a girdle tail lizard yeah. or even like a bearded dragon. Yeah. And I'll make like a little burrito out of that mm-hmm. head. And I'll make it walk across the sand with a set of hemostats. And mm-hmm. the smell of the lizard and the movement, they'll just whack it. Oh, nice. I've gotten pretty lucky with that. So fingers yeah. crossed. But I don't want to count my my eggs before I have chickens, you know. Yeah. yeah. Now, now yeah. when they when they bite, are they like envenomating and then waiting? Oh, yeah. Or I mean, they, they like, latch that's what on. They, yeah, oh, they, they don't on. want it. They don't want it to run away. Yeah. 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 Okay. They don't want to have to chase after it. It's purely ambush. Yeah. So. I didn't know if they, you know, cause some will, will bite and then retreat and wait for yeah. the animal to die and scent trail it and everything. But I didn't know yeah. if that was common with all <laughs> venomous. Yeah, or, and I've had, uh, yeah. I've had some Serastes, both Serastes, Serastes and, and Vipera, uh, bite and release because they got like a mouthful of sand on accident uh, mm-hmm. and, and they'll track the prey down. But this is in a, a an enclosure, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if they would be able to track it down in the desert per se, but you know, who sure. knows? Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've always had kind of a soft spot and yeah, I did. Was that the first uh black tail rattlesnake you'd seen in the wild? Yes, so we absolutely. saw our first, uh, yeah, our first black tail rattlesnakes. Yeah, that was pretty that, cool. That, that was, was a good. sweet snake. I saw pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I was telling stone, I'm so happy that I brought all those extra hooks because mm-hmm. we all used them. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. So it was it was worth the extra, you know, check luggage. Uh, yeah. I put them in an old rifle case, and everyone's uh, like, "Is that a gun?" And no, 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 they're, <laughs> they're, they're golf clubs. But why do you have golf clubs in a rifle case? Well, 
they're golf clubs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I you, you had a nice assortment, and that yeah came in very handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that one that the old that blacktail that got over onto the private land, and I had to kind of yeah, reach they, over with the hook yeah, and the, pull the it. That's, that's pretty funny yeah. that the yeah. uh, gun guys put 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 them in guitar cases. And reptile guys put them in gun, put their hooks in gun cases. Yeah, right. What's, what's, what's going on? Well, it was, this is one of my first herp trips that I ever had to check my hooks. See, right. normally I'll put them in that same gun case in a nondescript cardboard box and I'll just overnight them to where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that way yeah. I could put uh, the blacklight flashlights for scorpions and, mm -hmm. you know, thermocell for mosquitoes and all that stuff I don't want to bring in my luggage. Yeah, and I'll yeah. just ship it to the hotel or the ranch or wherever we're going. But this time, because we were all meeting up and it was a Sunday and all the FedEx hubs were closed because it's Sunday and yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah that's the, the, I'm I'm facing a dilemma now because I'm I'm going on one of the trips with Rob, but I I get home from a work trip like the day before I have to leave for the herp trip, so I'm trying to figure out. And the the work trip's a, a week long, so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to survive this. But yeah, uh, you should be sleep fun. on the plane, man. You'll be set exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and you what you do is you you just pack all your herp stuff before your work trip, uh -huh. and then when you get home, have it just ready to swap go. bags. You know. Yeah. 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 See you, honey. I'm going on another week trip. <laughs> yeah, right. I have a, I have the, the I have giant a bug My out wife bag. Is the best. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your wife's a saint. Yeah, Legitimately she is. a saint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she for sure. She lets me do a lot of fun stuff. I I appreciate that. But I'd probably go a little crazy. I'm I'm going crazy right now. It's it's ridiculously cold here, and I'm looking at like the photos from Australia. You know, the people going out and herping herping in Australia and seeing the pictures and just going, I need to get out there. This is it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> they need to open their doors again. We need to get this COVID stuff out of the way. But, well, um, we have brought Phil on to fight about venomous. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, venomous mentorship and kind of the pros and cons and some of the failings and, and successes and things from, from that program. So we're, we're probably going to have to have him limp, limp us along a little bit because we're we're not so uh, versed in venomous, but um, I, hopefully we'll have a good discussion and we'll get some some good information out there. I'm sure but, the yeah. listener will be screaming at one of us either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell them that. They're still yeah. listening. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, without further ado, we'll we'll go ahead with the coin toss. So this first one will be to see who who gets to debate. You know, this is Chuck's year, so he you know he's been winning. He's won all the coin tosses this year, so we'll see how it goes. But all right, you ready I'm to call for it, you, Chucky? <laughs> Heads. Oh, tails. Right. I got you this time. I guess it's not complete, uh, complete wash. So uh, I will say this. I've listened to every single reptile fight club. Ah, oh, that's nice. And, <laughs> and it's amazing to see you actually flip the coin. Yeah. Right. I yeah. love it. It happens. Love you, it. See, People, it's, it's real. <laughs> it actually happens. Yeah. I just watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I always, you know, when you lose as much as I have, it definitely calls into question. Like, are they really flipping a coin toss? Cause Chuck <laughs> is just really that bad. Like it, it, really? So yeah. Yeah. I, yeah it's true. Yeah. Well, and I, I heard, I heard you guys bad mouthing, uh, bad mouthing me on NPR about how I'm, I'm rigging the the coin toss. <laughs> so what's up with that, man? Like it's a double sided are, coin. Hey, that was a sentencing <laughs> of your peers, my friend. Yeah, that I was, guess so. Yeah. I, I must, I must just give off the wrong vibes here. But yeah, I, 
uh, well, Rob I, had my know, number on that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Not well, everyone's it's, looking it out for legit, you. But... Some people are looking out for me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let you moderate. I want to dive okay, into this good. with Phil. I, Do it. I, I mean, I, I don't have much uh, venomous keeping experience. I did keep a couple rattlesnakes when I was younger and um, it was kind of, I didn't realize there were laws, you know, I was an ignorant little kid. <laughs> so I just had a couple of rattlesnakes in my bedroom, you know, as a, yeah. as a teenager. Whatever. Don't feel bad. I've watched you. Yeah. I've watched you. You work with them, man. And you're, you're a pro. You did great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, with rattlesnakes, I kind of, yeah, I know, I know rattlesnakes a little bit. I'm, I'm a little less uh, sure with, uh, you know, lapids in Australia and stuff. I, I, I would defer to others to try to tail those or something. But I did, I did hold a red belly black. I tailed a red belly black snake. Nice. And, and uh, I think that's the only kind. I did hold a death adder. My friend handed me a death adder, said, here, hold this. And I'm wow. like, Okay, take it back. <laughs> like, yeah. I, you know, and he, I like he just he he had no no qualms about just picking it up out of the cage and handling it. I'm like, wow. that's not for me. But yeah, I did hold it for a brief moment there, which is probably a stupid thing. I Rico Walder was kind of making fun of me. He's like, "What are you doing, you idiot?" And yeah. he had a couple of red belly blacks that were captives that he just kind of handed to people. And here, yeah. hold these. And I think I was the only one stupid enough to take them. But I'm like, well, if he's handling them, you know, he must be <laughs> that all. So uh, either I got lucky or they were really pretty easy going animals but and you know i mean I, I don't know the the two rattlesnakes i had one was caught on a heavily traveled trail and it never rattled it never struck or was defensive yeah. at all it was just really chill and when i found out you know they were illegal and i i gave them away to to somebody else and let them deal with that but um i found out later um, it was a great basin. Yeah. Oh, I, is it, is it Oregonus or is it, uh, well, so now, they now kinda... I go off Latosis. Yeah. And there that's is, what I've always gone with. But, uh, yeah. I'm not a big rattlesnake guy, but mm -hmm. one of my dream species is a legit Utah Latosis. Oh, they, they have some nice looking ones. Man, yeah. You guys in Utah have the best reptile coloration, diversity, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it, phenotype, if you will, the Latosis. The pyromelina, the, mm. the 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 synctus gila the monsters, yeah, oh, the, the pinks, man, beautiful. oh man, oh yeah, the best, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wish we could keep them here, <laughs> but yeah, we can't keep any of the rattlesnakes or the gila's. But um, and I think Cal they just California recently knows made how it you so feel. We, yeah, <laughs> they just yeah. recently made it so you could collect uh, milks and and mountain kings, uh, you know, limited number. But oh, that's awesome. Kind of cool. So yeah, at least yeah, there's some they're, fresh blood out there, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And they're they're yeah. kind of making common sense, you know, changes to the laws, sure. which is really refreshing from government. But <laughs> you're yeah, almost yeah. kind of sketched out, right? You're like, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah wait hey, a second, is this a trap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the lutosis, especially from down in the southwest corner of the state, that have those black heads and like yeah. the really like white bodies with black spots. They're oh, just gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah, for gorgeous. sure. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and do the coin flip for for which side we're going to take. So we're going to talk about, yeah, the, the pros and cons or the the failings and successes of Venter, Venom, Venter Mentorship. 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 Oh, my. <laughs> you got it? Yeah. I turned into the Swedish chef, apparently. All right. You want to call it? What you I'll got? call it Tails. Tails. It's heads. <laughs> I right. went again two in a row, man. Look at I'm, that, man. It's your night. I love it. It's my, yeah. I'm well, not I'm even gonna, that I lost. 
<laughs> I'm going to go with the pros because you right. probably know the, the system much better and the flaws. So, no um, and, uh, I guess, I guess I could go first. I mean, sure. yeah, I went in the two coin tosses. I, I'm feeling pretty cocky. Right you now, deserve so. it, man. You do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look, um, look kind of cocky right now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to go. It's going to fall apart real quick, but <laughs> I'm going to get, get put in my place here pretty soon. But so, um, you know, when I when I think about, you know, keeping venomous reptiles, obviously it makes a lot of sense to to learn from people who have kind of been there and done that and and do a good job of it. So, you know, I could see and I, I guess maybe I I think about falconry where you know, they're, they're really good at policing their own groups and, and kind of keep have, having a check on other members of the falconry kind of, you know, uh, grouping. And so, you know, I, I would hope that a venom a venom mentorship would be similar to, you know, the falconry mentorship where you, they you would think, yeah, you would, you would hope, I guess, you but, you know, like in a perfect world, I would see, you know, somebody that's, that's done it, that has a proven track record of safety, who's, who's following all the regulations, who, you know, um, has anti-venom on hand in case of a bite. And they're the ones that are teaching the next generation how to keep venomous responsibly. Now, I guess that has a lot of caveats and a lot of, uh, you know, you, you gotta, you're assuming that, uh, everybody that gets, gets into that is, is going to be, res- do it responsibly or, or do it, you know, and I, I guess myself as an example, I didn't really do it responsibly because I didn't look into the laws. I just saw a rattlesnake out on a hike and I went, oh, I want to keep one of those. <laughs> and so I brought it home, you know, I was a minor and, and maybe it's on my <laughs> and you can't prosecute me, me <laughs> yeah. for things that may or may not have happened <laughs> yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. Thank Sorry, you. Uh, lawyer to- check. Yeah. yeah. That's totally yeah, right. what that sounded like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, it is probably past uh, any, any kind of, uh, you know, the, could you imagine the judge yeah. if you like, you know, 16 <laughs> right. year old, if you Justin, had lawyer Chuck. Oh, <laughs> well, well, I was going to say just 16 year old, Justin walking into the courthouse and the judge <laughs> reading like possession of rattlesnakes. Why are you here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I would hope that's how it would go down. They'd probably go thousand dollar fine. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh no, I don't have a thousand dollars. Um, yeah, 16 or Justin would not do well with that, but, um, so I guess, uh, you know, in, in my mind, that's kind of how I picture it. And, you know, I, I, I understand completely that that probably doesn't match reality, but, um, and, and, uh, you know, honestly, I don't, I, I probably should have looked this up, <laughs> looked into it a little better, but, um, you know, I'm sure there's requirements for, for mentorship, you know, how many hours, you know, who is mentoring you? I would hope that's, well, that's kind yeah, of it. I mean, the, is, it, there's, the is there, what, is that the case? Is there a governing body for venomous mentorship? Like, yeah, I, I mean, well, I imagine it depends on the state too, right? It also like, depends on your click that you're in. Yeah. Know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, who's signing you off, right? Like who's, if you I even mean, need if, to be signed off. Right, mm-hmm. right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So in, in Utah, I know, you know, you have to, you have to get a, a permit to keep anything venomous and they usually don't give out permits except to maybe zoos or uh, research institutions. So there was a, there was a bite. I remember back in like the eighties, there was a, a venomous bite. It was from a rough, uh, sorry, the uh, scale viper. Wow, Somebody got right. bit at the University of Utah from a saw scale viper. And I remember there was a huge Damn. panic because there was no anti-venom anywhere. And yeah. So, you know. It's yeah, a nasty those, bite, man. 
Yeah. And those kind of things make the news, you know, they, they oh, don't, uh, yeah. So Oof. kind of, uh, I, I still remember it, you know, 30 yeah. years later or whatever. So pretty crazy, oh, yeah. but so I guess that's kind of how I'd lead out is, you know, I, I would see that would be a very beneficial thing to have is, you know, a good venom mentorship program established and, and, uh, with some kind of checkpoints and, and, uh, you know, ways to ensure that the next generation of venomous keepers is being responsibly educated. So, okay. Yeah. (laughs) What you got? Poke holes in that. (laughs) I was just saying, do you want me to to (laughs) augment yours and then rebuttal or Um, it's up to you? I I want to see you. I want to see you basically make his argument look better and then shred it apart. That'd be the best. <laughs> okay. Right. Thanks, so, Jack. Thanks. Yeah, no yeah. worries, dude. No worries. Hell of a moderator. Yeah. Of a moderator. Listen, yeah. this it. is Phil's, Phil's the guest here, man. Let him shine. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's all good. <laughs> so, yeah, the way that you're thinking is fantastic, and that's the way that it honestly should be. Um, certain states, like Florida, for example, there's a number of required hours through a mentor program. But other states like uh, Pennsylvania or Texas, mm-hmm. you just got to buy a fishing license. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So one might say that government encroaching on the way you do things is bad. Others might say that government encroaching on the way you do things is good because it reminds people or teaches people how they honestly should be doing it. Um, I think the structure that Florida has is a fantastic structure in terms of having a mentor, maintaining hours. The problem is in 2014, they augmented it from 1,000 hours for all venomous to Mm -hmm. 1,000 per group, and there's four groups. Mm -hmm. So if you want all four, that's 4,000 hours. And the running joke is that somebody in Tallahassee, when they were typing out the laws, they fat-fingered a pinky and gave it an extra zero. And (laughs) when the commission saw that, they go, ah, leave it. So so, uh, basically, there are laws in place to keep things straight but at the same time why should i have to you know what i mean mm-hmm. why do i need a thousand hours with gila monsters or mm-hmm. beady lizards who has a thousand hours of of hands-on experience with a beady lizard before they actually get one no oh, one yeah does. yeah no one that's you know? ridiculous now one might say again playing devil's advocate with myself on this one there is a right and wrong way to handle and or manipulate heliderms mm-hmm. yeah no one learns it and no one does it Hmm. You know, people either pick them up like they're puppy dogs Hmm. and they have an accident or they have an incident or they manhandle it like it's a, you know, lethal Komodo dragon that's going to go for their jugular and they want to be either injuring the animal or just freaking them out and ruining the training that they did. Yeah. So that again goes back to the whole should we have mentors, should we not? So in Hmm. my personal opinion, I like the way that Florida's structured their licensing system. However, there is stupidity built into it. Like, why do I need a thousand hours? Why, why should I sacrifice almost two years of my life doing this in my free time mm-hmm. to buy a permit for a lizard that's not even lethal? Yeah. yeah. It makes no sense. Makes no so, sense. You know, there's, there's only one, uh, I'll say, unconfirmed report of a Gila monster killing someone, and it turned out that it was actually all crap, and it was actually a rattlesnake. Hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, now, now with the the thousand hours, is that so? You're you're having to go and work with somebody else's 
venomous snakes, right? So they're not your, yeah, obviously you can't own them. So (laughs) you have to find somebody who has venomous snakes. That is a lot of cage cleaning just to get, (laughs) (laughs) and it used to be, it used to be fairly simple. So let's say I'm new in Florida back pre 2014 and I want to get into venomous handling and I start an apprenticeship or an internship somewhere. And, you know, Chuck's reptiles has, you know, some rattlesnakes and I go there after work, you know, I work nine to five Monday through Friday as a normal guy. Mm-hmm. And I go there at, at 530 and I work till eight o'clock at night. And I log a couple hours and it says, you know, I was at Chuck's. I handled X, Y and Z general maintenance, whatever. And that was your log book. It was one of those old mm-hmm. black and white composition books. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. The yeah. marble books. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> And you would submit that whole book or photocopy the book. You'd submit yeah. the whole book to the state with all your other letters, recommendation, all the other crap, and your check for $100, and they'd issue you the permit. Okay. Well, now, now they want to know specifics. And this goes back down to why should I have to explain everything in vivid detail? Well, that's because they want to they wanna stop us. Mm-hmm. They want to call mm-hmm. us, right? Yeah. So now what they want you to do is they want you to make a ledger or a key, like a map, where it says, okay, letter A is unlocked cage. Letter B, remove animal. Letter C, change water bowl. Letter D, remove feces. And then they want to say, okay, on January 1st, 2022, at Chuck's house, I did A, C, F, and Q mm-hmm. on one Gila monster from 515 to 525. Mm-hmm. And now you have to add that up to 1,000 hours. Oh, God. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. Yeah. yeah. So now, yeah. now you're going to get people forging hours. You're going to mm-hmm. get people forging a lot of stuff because it's asinine. It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. Now, do I think that a person should be able to do 10 days of handling and all of a sudden own a mamba? No. No, not at all. <laughs> right. We're talking yeah. about totally different things. Yeah. But in the case of like the heliderms, for example, yeah, you want to put in a few months work and, and learn some techniques and learn some tips and tricks and whatever, and maybe get your enclosure stuff at home. That's fine. That's great. Even if you want to extend that to, let's say, a year and a day, I can be totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. But a thousand hands-on hours yeah. with an animal that's not even lethal makes no sense to me. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, now, you know, is this a, a matter of they they know that nobody's really going to do a thousand hours, but they just want to make it so you can't get around working with something for, you know, quite a while. So they're saying a thousand hours, they know people are going to fudge the numbers, but they're like, then, well, but then the why opposite. put the, but why put the yeah. numbers in there then? If right. you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why would you? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's the opposite. In fact, what happens is, you know, over the past, I'll say 15 years, I've mentored probably between 20 and 30 people, but of those 20, 30 people, maybe less than 10 actually got their permit. Mm-hmm. And that's not because they didn't want to per se, it's that because things happen, people move, they get married, they have children, they get a different job, you know, re- they realize reptiles really aren't for them, yeah. or they realize, man, I've been doing this for two years in the small amount of time that I can, and I'm nowhere close to being done, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. And yeah. one might say that that's the state's goal. Yeah. You know, but other people may say, well, no, you're, you're actively participating in a mentorship program or an internship program. You're going to learn all you can. So, uh, it it is difficult for me to take the con side because I am so pro, but I totally see a lot of flaws and a lot of cons in that regard. Yeah. So I, I guess maybe I could, you know, look at it from this angle. Like, um, you know, if my kid comes to me and says, Hey dad, I want to, I want a bike. I want this, you know, racing bike or whatever. And you're like, well, 
you know, that's an expensive bike, you know, save up your allowance and we'll, we'll talk about it. You know, once you've got it saved up and then you know, the, that kind of fizzles and they're like, okay, yeah, maybe I don't want a racing bike if I have to work hard and save up for it. You know, maybe I'm not into that racing yeah. that much. And so I could see that could weed out people who were, you know, just kind of a passing fancy. Ooh, I want to have a venomous snake because that's cool. And then they're like, oh, wait, a thousand hours. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. You know, and so well, it kind what of is, weeds out those You can break it down just going off your, your whole bike thing, which is a great analogy. I can make it even more, more in depth using the same analogy. So when you're 16 or 17 years old, you get a learner's permit for a car, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do that for a minimum of a year. Then you yeah. turn 18 and you go for your driver's ed. So now you have a driver's license, but you still have stipulations. You have a curfew of say 11 PM, right? Mm-hmm. Got to be home at 11. And then when you turn, you know, 19, it's extended to 1 AM. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And, Eventually, by the time you turn 21, you can stay out as late as you want. And you've got that four or five years of driving under your belt at the time when you can stay out till two in the morning. Yeah. Now, if a 16 or 17 year old gets their learner's permit, can they, should they be able to buy a Ferrari? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. That's, now we're talking about <laughs> ethics. We're talking yeah. about ethics, we're talking about morals, and we're talking about pocketbook too. Yeah. So in my opinion, there's no reason why a, an 18 year old kid can't drive a Ferrari, but they should want to go to Ferrari school and mm-hmm. learn how that stuff works. Yeah. No different than a guy that says, oh, I've had Porsches for 20 years. I'm going to buy an, a Formula One race car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Yeah. Totally <laughs> yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. right. You know? For sure. And at yeah. the same time, it's like, oh, I owned a Jixxer 600 motorcycle. You know what? I'm going to soup up a Subaru and make a rally car. You're going to end up in a ditch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's not the That's same. That's true. Yeah. So and so and also I, like driving a Ferrari is not the same as racing a Ferrari. You know you can exactly yeah. So the, yeah, oh, that, yeah. I get the I, I like so, that yeah, analogy so I, as well. Yeah, I think the the permit system like Florida has is a great system, but it's structured incorrectly in my mm-hmm. personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then again, I think about where I learned from, and I had mentors. But a lot of my mentors, I had multiple mentors because I'm very much on the, the page of learn as much as you can from as many people as you can forever, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Never yeah. stop learning. Yeah. But I had a lot of mentors that should not have been teaching mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn a lot of things the hard way with a lot of close calls and a lot of dangerous situations that were more than avoidable had I learned correctly from mm-hmm. a correct mentor. So mm-hmm. I don't know you, if this is- you give us an example of that? I, yeah, I'm curious to hear like- So I've had a guy hand me the keys to the shop and say, Hey man, don't die. Walk away. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's, that's a bad uh, one. (laughs) My first time ever going into a a wholesaler's venomous room, the, the containers in which some of the venomous were held were these small acrylic shoe boxes. Right. Mm -hmm. And I want you to picture a Sterilite tub, but it's very thick, very dense, very rigid, plastic mm-hmm. that cracks super easy there's no flex mm-hmm. in it so if you mm-hmm. squeeze it it's going to crack and the lid has no latches it just sits on top and the only mm-hmm. thing holding that lid down is the box above it oh god oh, and then wow. the only thing holding that lid down is the bottom of the shelf of the next shelf uh, and we're talking about two or three hundred venomous snakes in these containers yeah obviously there's air holes and stuff drilled sure. um so when you get there and you're like how do i how do i do this Mm-hmm. figure it out mm. oh just grab it by the sides you know watch those air holes that oh, was it that's God. all i was told really? so now i have to figure out in my mind how i'm going to 
use my hands appropriately because there was no Venom Defender gloves back then. Right? <laughs> How am I going to use my hand to extract this container while maintaining pressure on the lid enough to not allow the snake to get out or, or push it open or strike it open. But at the same time, I can't squeeze it too hard because I'll crack it in my own hand. Mm -hmm. And now what am I going to use to put this on? I can't just put it on the floor because it's, it's this big, you know, it's the mm -hmm. size of a literal shoebox or smaller yeah. even. So now I have to have some kind of table. I have to have some kind of, you know, utility bench or something. And then learning height ratio in terms of my eye level, because I'm short and stocky, mm -hmm. how tall should I be? In terms of how tall should the work area be? How mm -hmm. low should the work area be? Yeah. Am I am I inconveniencing or putting myself in harm's way because I'm bending in the wrong way that's uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. Things like this that no one ever taught me yeah. that I had to learn on my own. Yeah, um, you wouldn't it, even think about it going into it until you're doing it, you know, and then you're like, wait a second, this is Yeah, you you don't yeah. know what you don't know, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And now yeah. so speaking of these shoe boxes specifically, I've now safely removed the top shoe box, right? Mm -hmm. What do I do with the other one? Right. What's holding the what's holding the the, the snake right. in in, so, in the one below exactly. it? Exactly. So I what I did was I took four or five of the same shoe boxes and I taped they're empty, completely empty, and I taped them with red electrical tape. Mm -hmm. So that I knew that those red ones were completely empty. There was no mm -hmm. animal in them, and I would use them as a placeholder. Mm -hmm. And that would prevent the lid from opening. But now I've now removed the shoe box. I put it on my little work table. It's easy to take the lid off because you take a snake hook and flip the lid off, right? Mm -hmm. Common sense. How do you get the lid back on? Better yet, how do you get the animal back in and With the lid and get on? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because there's nothing. It's literally just gravity is the only thing holding it in oh place. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was, I was thinking, too, like my, you know, my pythons, when I go to open their cage, they're ready to grab whatever's coming near the cage because they think it's time to eat, you know? So, you know, just the act of your hand going towards the cage says, oh, it's food time, you know, get ready. And so I can well, imagine that a, several venomous snakes would be the same way. And oh yeah, and, and I get like, and I get like flipping the lid off and getting the snake out and, and you have time to like think through that. Right. But sure. Once the snake's out and you're trying to get it back in and get it back on, you're like, it, it's, it's happening and you can't, it's like, it's not like, you know, the, the, the whole like in the moment reaction thing starts to happen. And I would imagine that's where it gets kind of really dicey, you know, other sure, than just sure. it not being a safe situation, but like, that's when things actually go into motion, you know? Oh yeah. And then let's not even talk about being surprised because the information you were provided if you didn't ask for it, you didn't get it. And at the yeah. same time, the information you were provided that you did ask for is completely wrong. Mm -hmm. So for example, I walk in the room one day at this same facility and the trash can lid is on. And something that, that I learned was if the trash can lid's closed, there's two things in that trash can, garbage or a snake, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. And it took some time for me to learn from other professionals, from bona fide mentors that a snake hook laid across the can cutting the diameter of the circle in half mm -hmm. is the universal sign for a snake in the can. Mm -hmm. And I've done that with multiple different facilities. And that's, that's kind of the gist of it. And yeah. you walk in and you go, man, I don't want to just open this trash can mm -hmm. because I can't see what's inside. It's that gray rubber made, yeah. you know, hefty, yeah. whatever. So I'd go ask somebody else, Hey man, is there a snake in the trash can? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see anybody go in there today. Oh, Hey, <laughs> Hey man, do you know, is there a snake in the can? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a forest cobra that came in on that last shipment. It's, it's in the bag taped up at the bottom. All right, cool. Now, no one told me how to open a trash can properly. And there is, and I know it sounds asinine, but there is a technique to that in terms of 
using the eclipsing of light to your advantage. Because if I just whip that lid off real quick, I've now just blasted that animal with a ton of light, and their first instinct is going to be defensive against that light. Lunge at it, yeah. Excuse me. So when we talk about removing lids with particular species, uh, there's a sliding motion, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to slide the lid across, essentially making the crescent moon eclipse, right? Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. they see the light slowly fade away. And then Mm -hmm. when I open with with certain species, I do the same thing. So that way, they're not going to instantly attack that that white light. Mm -hmm. But I also, with certain animals, I'm going to use that that lid as a shield. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if the lid has handles, right? There's two handles on either side of the diameter of the circle. There's also handles on the trash can itself. Well, I don't want the handle lids to become parallel with the the tub lid or yeah. tub handles, excuse me, because now it's cumbersome. I can't use a snake hook. I can't use a pry bar. I can't use my hands appropriately. I need to offset them. So I need mm-hmm. those the two lid handles to be perpendicular with the actual handles on the trash can. Mm-hmm. And this is stuff that no one told me. I had to figure this out. Yeah. So now that I have it offset, I can lift that lid and put it against me like a shield. So mm-hmm. if it is something that's going to fly out, it's going to inset- hopefully go for the shield first. And if it is something that spits, it's going to go for it's going to spit that shield first. Mm-hmm. And that when I open that thing, there was a nine foot black forest cobra that flew out came out of the trash can onto the ground, stood almost eye level with me. I'm, I'm like five, Jesus. six, I'm a short guy. <laughs> stood almost eye level with me. And my friend Chris was in the room with me. Mm-hmm. And I had a set of uh, uh, gentle giants, those grabbers. Mm-hmm. And I put the gentle giants against the base of his sternum, like in the front of his chest. Mm-hmm. And I pushed him back as I climbed up the wall. And the reason why I climbed up the wall like Spider-Man was because the door opened the opposite direction it opened in uh, and not out yeah yeah so yeah. i go to grab the doorknob behind me and i, I can't push it you have to go forward yeah. towards the yeah, snake, right? yeah and again this is oh, something yeah. that no one taught me and at yeah. the same time as i'm pushing this forest cobra away my friend chris takes a bigger hook hooks it it turns to look at him and it with that point i could manage to get the animal tailed and put it back in the trash can but mm. these are all things that no one taught me i had to learn yeah. the hard way yeah. so in one way I thought I was being mentored and I was not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm I am obviously pro mentor. This that's why this podcast yeah, is gonna be yeah. so unique. But no, no, that's but <laughs> you can learn a lot of bad stuff from people that don't care or people that didn't know themselves to teach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm thinking too, like, you know, in a, in a perfect world, we would have maybe a tiered system where you have to have experience with kind of less dangerous animals before sure. you get into the more dangerous ones. Is there any kind of thing like that in, in place? And I, so you know, I, I know they do this in Australia, right? Like they have, yeah. you have different things you have to work with and but, build up and not just with venomous, but all of them. But yeah. And from what I gather, the Australian system is very, very smart, except for a few species. Mm-hmm. Like there are certain species that, like for example, most Australians believe that you know the death adder complex, Anacanthophis complex, should be one of the first venomous snakes you work with because mm-hmm. it's not going to fly across the room and bite you in the face. Yeah, you know, it is a very yeah. terrestrial ambush snake. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, it's in the top tier. Hmm. So that, that really makes doesn't make sense to most keepers, most handlers. Yeah. Um, now, there are tier systems in place for other states. There are tier systems in place for facilities and universities. Um, but our good friends, uh, Brent and Chris from Venom Life Gear, mm-hmm. uh, they're putting together a, a I don't know, how, I don't want to butcher this. Forgive me, guys, if you're listening. Uh, they're putting together a handling program that they've already been doing with government. 
Mm-hmm. So basically, they go to the military base and they say, "Okay, you have, you know, Echis, or you have, uh, you know, rattlesnakes, or you know, you've got whatever on said military installation. We will teach your soldiers, we will teach your police, we will teach your firefighters how to handle these things." And it's usually a week long course, and they work they work them through it and walk them through it. Gotcha. Um, and the plan is to basically standardize that the same mm-hmm. way that we have like safe surf in mm-hmm. restaurants. Is safe surf law? No. Does it look good? Absolutely. Do they teach the correct stuff? Absolutely. So I don't want to say that Venom Life Gear is going in that direction. Um, And and whatever, you know, uh, educational organizations that are affiliated with that concept. But that's kind of the idea is to have a uniform, you know, where everyone's learning the same. Right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that makes complete. That was kind of my next uh, point is, you know, that would be a huge benefit to have, have a standardized training that's recognized, you know, as legitimate by whatever state you're in keeping venomous. And, and then I I think it would be wise for those, you know, uh, the folks that are putting that together to get buy-in from states that allow venomous keeping and have that, you know, be, you know, in, in the regulations or something, you've got to complete these courses or, or whatnot, you know, to, to be able to get a license to keep to keep these animals. But. but now here's the con. So we go back to that slippery slope of we like government. Government's good. Government watches us. Government takes care of us. And I mean this in the good way. But government also is infamous for giving an inch and taking a mile. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you've said, OK, I've presented you this, this safe serve thing, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll call it that. And, you know, Florida says, oh, that's fantastic. If you do that, wham, you get an instant, you know, viperidae permit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Covers yeah. all the Florida native stuff. You're good to go. Right. Yeah. But let's just say Georgia says, uh-uh, no, you can't do anything unless you get that. Mm-hmm. Well, now yeah. what? Now yeah. I have to pay. Now I have to travel. Now I have to put myself out when I could have done it in my home area or whatever. And, and again, I'm not talking bad about that. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate on sure, the topic. Sure. Mm-hmm. And at the yeah. same time, let's assume it's not, you know, our good friends at Venom Life Gear that are extremely knowledgeable and worldly with experience. Mm-hmm. Let's assume somebody is is government related or or whatever that is not bona fide to do this. USGS survey folks. <laughs> uh, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Why, why can someone please tell me why US Geological Survey is doing the Tegu research in Homestead? <laughs> yeah. People bizarre. that study rocks are now, mm-hmm. you know, cutting open frozen tegus. Anyway, I digress. So yeah, all of a sudden now you've got, you know, Bob who's teaching this class and Bob's only handled snakes for four months. Mm-hmm. Bob's gonna now tell me how I need to handle my lapids. Not gonna happen, Bob. Yeah. So I mean, unless it's Bob Rock, if it's Bob Rock, <laughs> yeah, then, then that's, I'll pay every time. Um, so yeah, so so it's how do you vet those people? Mm-hmm. How do yeah. you how do you find out if they're if they merit or they're worthy enough, whatever you want to call it, not to sound you know elitist or egotistical. Sure. Right. How do you find out if they're righteous and they're not just oh yeah do this you know? Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've regrettably taught individuals um that went around to another state when they they did not complete their training with me um they pulled an anakin skywalker they Mm -hmm. left me went off did their own thing and now they're god's gift to snakes and they're teaching a lot of bad stuff because Mm -hmm. they never got to learn it from somebody yeah and and unfortunately maybe they didn't think the way that i thought again i'm not trying to toot my own horn but there's a lot of things that is common sense that you or i or chuck or whomever would would figure out 
And this guy just throws it out the window. And now he's teaching people how to do this. And it's like, no, you do not pick that up with your hands. No, you do not use a hook that short. No, you don't, you don't use your hands to open that latch. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, and I would imagine when you're teaching, there are certain things like, like, you know, if you're going to, you teach people, you don't tail a snake or you don't do this. And then when you get better, maybe that's a skill you acquire, but, but to initially teach them, you teach them, Hey man, you teach them the safest, you know, best possible way. And then when they become more experienced, just like any, any professional, you, you know, and, and in, in aviation, we do that. We teach yeah. strictly by the book. And if you have a better way after you've learned, you know, what, what the requirement sure. is and the safest way to do it and you're knowledgeable about it, there are other ways that you can do it. Uh, but you need to know what you're doing, right? Like yeah. that, that's kind of, I mean, it's right. Like, of course, it's the famous saying of shortcuts are great as long as you memorized how to take the long way. Yeah, right. Perfect. Yep. You know, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and I like, for example, when right now I'm not doing any uh, apprentices at all right now, just because COVID put a stop to a lot of stuff and facilities mm-hmm. got moved and it's just everyone's lives are so hectic. So I, I will do it in the future, just not right now. Sure. Um, yeah. But when I was doing it, uh, you would tell real quick who was a diehard wanted to work with snakes and who just wanted pictures for Instagram because yeah. for the first 10 weeks, they don't touch an animal. Yeah. With a, even with a hook, mm-hmm. you know, for the first 10 weeks, they're watching and they're learning and we're burning the repetition in their minds. And eventually after five, six weeks, okay, now you're actually going to start cleaning cages for the handler. Handler removes the animal, apprentice goes in, cleans the cage mm-hmm. and then back and forth. Right. Yeah. And after 10 weeks, we start with small stuff. We start, start with copperheads, pigeon rattlesnakes, stuff that is less likely to cause a fatality. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they're weaker or more yeah. mild, yeah. but yeah. less likely to cause a human fatality. Mm-hmm. And we, and we work from there, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's a, an appropriate way to do it. I think that's a, a good way to do it, providing the person doing it knows what they're talking about and isn't just a bullshit artist. Pardon yeah. my French. Yeah. No, I mean, there there definitely needs to be some kind of, of vetting of, of people who are the, the trainers, you know, like and, – and I guess – the world we live in, you know, of course that doesn't always work out and you get people who, you know, claim to be, uh, this or that, or that, that have a certain number of hours. So they meet, you know, the requirements, but they're not really that great. So, but you're right. You know, anytime you give, uh, the government say in who does what, then, you know, that, that adds a layer of, of regulation and, and just sometimes just flat out ignorance or, or foolishness, um, to, to the, to the problem and makes sometimes makes it worse than better. So it's, that's a difficult thing to say. This is exactly how are we going to do this and how are we going to implement this? Phil, um, Phil does, if I could jump in real quick, mm-hmm, does, yeah. so does Florida, I mean, or, or any, any, um, requiring, you know, state that, 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 is requiring mentorship or do they, do, do they offer or, or, uh, create, uh, you know, kind of a, 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 like, like a set of requirements, you know, other than like, you have to have this many hours. Like, do they, do they say like, you need to, you know, check certain boxes or do certain things? Uh, or is it just more of like, I mean, obviously you gave the, the, like how they break it up into hours per group and things like that, but, but more detailed, like, are they going into the minutia? 
No, no, okay. definitely not. And and there are guidelines in place. Like for again, I'll speak for Florida because it is my state. Sure. There's there's sections that get submitted for disaster protocol, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be tornado or hurricane or you know flooding. You're gonna live in a flood zone, whatever it is. And you have to submit part A to the state and part B stays with you at the facility. You also have your bite protocol, right? Everyone should have a bite protocol. Now, there's a lot of people out there that think, oh, if you don't have antivenin, you're an asshole. Well, again, pardon my French, but <laughs> it some people can't get it. Mm-hmm. It is not now, it is an easy process to get antivenin if you physically can. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have all of your paperwork in order, you have a physician who knows you and trusts you and you're going to get this stuff and buy it from the pharmaceutical distribution companies overseas, rock and roll, do it. Mm-hmm. But nobody should be you know, chastised or slandered because they can't get it. You know what I mean? And I understand that there's a lot of risk entailed from using up supplies from zoos and anti-venom banks and you know, milking facilities and stuff like that. There is nothing that I can think of in any legislation or anything that says, we're going to give you a driver's ed test, or we need you to write out, you know, uh, how many, how many feet this is, or how many inches is this, or how much time is this? No, no, no. They say, give us a list of the tools you're going to use. You put snake hook. Hmm. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I try to put other ones just to see what happened, but what's the point? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And and the inspectors, they do a good job for the most part, but it also comes down to the individual inspector. If you even mm-hmm. have inspectors, you mm-hmm. know, there are some inspectors that are that are snake guys and they're like, oh man, this is cool, or oh man, this is not cool. You might want to do X, Y, and Z. And there's other inspectors that they're just a, a cop and they don't even know about snakes at yeah. all. Yeah. You know, I can't tell you in the past I've had inspectors say, is that venomous? Because you don't have a label on that one. Well, no, it's not venomous. That's why I don't have a label. Right. So things things like that can can be a detriment. And just going back to the cons of mentorship, if you have a bad mentor, they're not going to teach you these things or they're going to teach you these things wrong mm-hmm. or incorrectly. And that's even worse. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, and then, I'm sorry, let me, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, So, and and you know, like, like with having, uh, like having an an inspector or, I mean, if, if you even have an inspector, you know, and, and to your point about uh, how, how uh, agencies like to just make things difficult to discourage people, a lot of times they don't want to pay for the infrastructure to monitor it or whatever. It's just like, Hey, you pay this fee and somebody looks at your paperwork and that person may not have any clue what they're looking at. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you jump through all these hoops, but I mean, are they really like beneficial hoops or are they just like, you know, go through the motions hoops, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, for example, uh, when I first got my actual license, I didn't get inspected. I got inspected for the first initial inspection to make sure my room was, you know, kosher. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get inspected for like six years after that because the guy just didn't care. He's like, oh, that guy, Phil, he's a good guy. I don't care. And then he retired and his, you know, his next guy in line, he wrote me seven misdemeanors in mm-hmm. one visit. <laughs> and every single misdemeanor was label related. Mm-hmm. So out of force of habit, we put danger venomous on every enclosure. Mm-hmm. Well, the state law changed that year and it had to say danger venomous reptile or mm-hmm. reptiles, plural, yeah. if there was more than one. 
So because I didn't have the word reptile after the word venomous, I got a misdemeanor. Uh, I had, so like it uh, would have been better if it was a venomous horse and you, I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, what is this? Exactly. What is the, what is exactly. the, what the well, that's, and, and again, that's dude, it's like, it's like the fire inspector, you know, they they have to find something that's their job. Yeah. 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 And, and he gave me, you know, I had seven of those crap missed, one of which was for possession of an unlocked enclosure for hydrodynastus gigas, the false water, <laughs> false cover, water cover, yeah. which was not and still is not listed as a venomous reptile oh, in Florida. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he gave me 30 days to make my corrections. I made the corrections within like 12 hours. I mm -hmm. emailed him pictures and all the char all the charges got dropped. No big yeah. deal. But things like that is, is a detriment because I never had anybody tell me I had to have venomous on there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I never had anybody instruct me that. And maybe that's, you know, ignorance is not bliss. You have to do your own due diligence and do your own homework. But a good mentor mm -hmm. will dig those things up. A bad mentor just won't care. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I So I wanted to maybe hit on the anti-venom thing because that seems to be kind of a sore spot for for zoos and for responsible keepers sure. who have it. And, and you know, they, they expect everybody else to to uh have it as well you know if you're going to be keeping venomous you might but you know maybe there's a, a a better way to do it some kind of system where you pay dues or whatever and that goes they towards uh something nope. like you know an anti-venom i you know again i'm talking in yeah, a perfect no, world no, you're, you know, you're like, talking great ideas yeah, yeah. yeah you, the thought process you have is fantastic i mm -hmm. cannot agree with you more i think that everything that you just said is fantastic but it'll never happen because mm -hmm. the fda doesn't get their slice Mm. You know, but now uh, how does the fda get their slice otherwise they don't that's why it's so hard oh, so okay. basically uh in the united states we have one anti-venom that does everything except for coral snakes mm -hmm. and that's crofab mm -hmm. crofab is fda certified and it wasn't until i think 16 or 17 months ago that the mexican equivalent mm -hmm. was approved and I don't know how it got approved. I don't know how much lobbying went to do that. And again, this is way above my pay grade. But now that other antivenin is now FDA approved. Mm -hmm. Every other antivenin in the world is not FDA approved. And therefore, it is referred to as an investigatory new drug. Mm -hmm. So if you can get those licenses and those paperwork to import said investigatory new drug, you're golden. Mm -hmm. If you can't because you don't have the ability to do that, then you're up the creek. Yeah, yeah. And, and I imagine with an IND, they probably want want to have some kind of uh, reasonable justification, but not something that's going to get their product uh, a black mark. You know what I mean? Like, correct. And at yeah. the same time, it comes down to money because mm -hmm. if I purchase, let's say I go to South Africa mm -hmm. and I buy a vial of Samar from over the counter in the drugstore. All I got to do is give them money, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about 80 bucks. If I have to get it through the hospital system here, it's about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a vial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Same with Crowfab, right? I mean, if you get well, yeah, Crowfab on the trail. If you or get, all right, better yet. They if you get bit on the trail, right? It's sixteen hundred, two yeah. gram, whatever it is. Do you know how much it is for for, for animals, for livestock and, and dogs? For like ten bucks, <laughs> three hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like bucks. It's, yeah. The, the but human but no physician, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. No physician, no ER doctor will ever put a a antidote or antivenin in you that says intended for canine use. Mm -hmm. Right, that'll yeah, never happen. Right. 
it's yeah. a probably a liability and and uh, malpractice lawsuit. They're not willing to. Well, I heard yeah. that that markup for the human antivenom was all just a, a marketing thing, so so they could go back and forth with the insurance companies. You know, they marketed a thousand, knowing they're going to have to, you know, pay. You know, they they, they say okay, yeah, a thousand, but they'll they only pay like eight hundred, but it really Absolutely. only costs a hundred or two hundred. You know, so it's yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. But you know, I guess again, I, I'm kind of speaking in ideals, but you know, if there was a way that, uh, you know, state government could have kind of a pool. So, and, and whoever was, you know, venomous keeper paying their dues or paying them for license that kind of went into that pool and then they could replace yes. fewer vials because it's yes. centralized, I guess, then how do you get it to somebody who's bit at the, you know, well, so like we have venom eight hours one away venom two. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So in Florida, we have Venom 1 and Venom 2. Venom 1's in Miami, Venom 2's in the, the Hillsborough County mm-hmm. area, Tampa area. And they have good Venom banks. We also have uh, several several individual facilities in central and northern Florida that make up their own bank. And they all have a collective group of anti-venom because they're all milkers for pharmaceutical, right? Mm-hmm. So in the southeast, Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, southern Alabama – we're in business because those individuals can essentially be anywhere within the day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helicopter, airplane, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but if you live in Salt Lake mm-hmm. and you need, you know, South African, you know, uh, uh, boom slang monovalent antivenin, <laughs> you might be up the creek. Yeah. Um, yeah. And certain states, which I think is very interesting, certain states require you to have the antivenin in order to keep the species, mm-hmm. which I think is is a really cool thing. But it sucks because you got to pay for the stuff. But yeah. at the same time, if you can't do those IND forms, if you can't get the stuff in, you're you're, you can't you're keep done. The you can't yeah. keep, yeah. So, yeah. so is that is that Phil? Is that something that they do out of ignorance? Like, oh, if you're going to keep this, you need to have the anti venom because that's just you know no, good it's, practice. It's a deterrent. Or okay, that's that's what right. I that's, that's what all I was it is. Gonna, okay. it's a deterrent. All right, yeah. so they so yeah. they're savvy enough to know like yes, they can't get absolutely. this, so it's an exclusionary kind of right. rule. Right. Gotcha, gotcha, yep. gotcha, gotcha. And and it comes down to what's trending. It comes down to what's hot in the news. It yeah. comes down to who yeah. got scared with what, mm-hmm. what incident happened, and what yeah, famous I mean, person posted an Instagram post exactly with a, next to a snake or something. Exactly. Like. And most of these government agencies, they're legally obligated to investigate every single claim. Uh, when I was living with my parents, when I was younger in college, I got a phone call from uh, F, from Florida Fish and Wildlife, my, my inspector, and he's like, hey, man, did you lose a king cobra? And I said, no. And he goes, are you sure? He's like, you're not going to get in trouble. I just, I need to know if, if, if it's yours and we need to figure <laughs> out what we're going to do. I said, no, dude, I don't keep Kings. I'm too short. And, uh, and he giggled, but someone had put an ad on Craigslist saying lost pet snake answers to the name of fluffy oh, likes to be scratched yeah. behind the ears. And it was clearly a picture of a 65 year old filipino man in the jungle holding this king cobra yeah yeah clearly but they mm-hmm. legally had to investigate all the license holders in my county <laughs> wow so what a waste of time dang that's like ve- that's like <laughs> yeah. venomous swatting right there you know <laughs> yeah right well he, you was, know, he was cool about it. he just called me you know yeah yeah, yeah 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 but With he was the, cool right like i mean right that they like that could be <laughs> turned into 
not cool yeah. pretty quick, right? Very, yeah. It can escalate yeah. very quickly. Yeah. 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 If you have somebody who doesn't you know, understand what, why they're doing what they're doing, you know, yeah. I, or, or um, you have somebody acting on, on, on bad intention, you know, mm-hmm. uh, against the animal community. I could see something like that. Yeah. In the sure. regulatory industry, we always separate into two groups. You've got facilitators and you've got blockers and blockers need so much more effort and, and justification and, you know, proof that you can do the things than, you know, a facilitator. A facilitator knows nobody's perfect. They're going to help you try to figure out the best and safest way to do it. Whereas a blocker just doesn't want the headache. So they're going to say, no, they're just going to block it and, and move on. But now with, with antivenom, I mean, obviously the goal is not to use it and to, you know, so, so right. it's going to go bad. It's going to, you know, you're going to have to replace it every, whenever it expires, which is probably not a realistic date either. I remember right. And when I was a kid and this was in elementary school, there was a story about Grace Wiley. And, you know, of course it caught my attention because I'm a reptile guy and, and, you know, was from young years on, but I remember reading and seeing the pictures of her holding cobras and holding, you know, venomous snakes and things. And she, she, what took off her glasses for a picture and one of her cobras bit her or something. And, and they went to get her anti-venom, but the, the, the antivenom, I think, was good, but the syringe was rusted. So, you know, they couldn't wow. inject her with the antivenom because the syringe was was oh, not, at least that's what I my, you know, tw- you know, 10 year old self remembers. Yeah, but, I, I think that, that sounds about right. Yeah. I, remember, I remember that story. It's some, so, something to that capacity. So, you know, I, I think, you know, having that kind of centralized venom one, venom two scenario is, is probably very smart. And, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a way to to incorporate those kind of things, you know, to where. Sure it's a, it's kind of a pooled thing where, you know, lots of people may have interest in the state, especially if they're the, the venom venomous laws are a little lax in that state. You'd think they'd want to have that on hand, you know, have, well, it goes back that to system. The, yeah. It goes back to the same thing of we spend a thousand dollars on a, on an animal, but we have it in a 1995 cage mm-hmm. you know, yeah. from, from container store, yeah. you know, yeah. and don't get me wrong. I've, I've got plenty of animals in container store tubs, right? <laughs> yeah. But it's the same concept of, mm-hmm. man, I got this animal that I paid $200 for this Cobra, but now I got to pay $5,000, $6,000 in antivenin for it. When the odds of me having an issue, and this is going to sound really dumb. I'm going to get blasted for this, the ignorance, right? The odds of me having an envenomation for me is incredibly low Mm -hmm. because in all the years that someone handles venomous they don't have to ever touch the animal yeah you know we choose to touch the animal Mm -hmm. i know guys have been doing venomous for 50 60 years and they're like man i always wanted to touch that thing i just never had the gumption to do it Mm -hmm. that's fine and yeah. they've never had a close call. Yeah. Right. yeah. We get right, close right. calls because we want to interact with the animals. We want to touch them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a right and a wrong way to do that. You know, I talk to my friend Henry all the time. We talk about the difference between free handling and manual manipulation. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And 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 it's it's very, very simple in its in its design. Your free handling is literally sitting there and playing with the animal as if it was a corn snake. Yeah. Manual manipulation is using your hands to move and transport said animal from one spot to another safely and methodically, mm-hmm. keeping the animal calm, keeping the animal relaxed. And and the old adage of, oh, I know my animals. Yeah, you can know your animal until you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you could do this for 10 years with the same animal every day for 10 years. And then one day that animal says, you know what? 
Nope, hmm. not today, Phil. So it, it, there is a very fine line between those two. Yeah. But that being said, no one should be able to say how I handle my animals, but someone should always have taught the person correctly. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you have a lot of bad mentors who say, oh man, they're, they're toxic. They're not that toxic. Just grab them. Hmm. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who knows how you're going to react to something? Right. Until yeah, that's a, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, sure. you could develop a, a sensitivity to certain venoms. And, you know, I've heard sure. a lot of my Australian friends talk about that. You know, Peter yeah. Birch or, or, has a s- sensitivity to like swampy, you know, the little swamp snake uh, venom that they're not very dangerous unless you have sensitivity mm-hmm. to their venom. And then they're right. extremely dangerous potentially. Yeah. The yeah. other, um, so I'm going to set up the pins here and you can bowl them over, I'm sure. But, um, you know, some of those, uh, what were they shift cages or whatever, where you lock the animal using, you know, a, a sliding door sure. or something. And Shit you know, then you never have box. to really handle the animal at all. So, right. you know, in, 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 you know, a naive person like me think like that's the, the best case scenario because you never risk a bite because you never interact with the animal directly. You're always, you know, locking it in a box, pulling the box out, putting it somewhere safe while you maintain the cage and, and something like, you know, that seems to, to a, a non-venomous keeper, like that would be the best case scenario. And, and it works. It works Knock like a over. charm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it works. It works like a charm. Do I own shift boxes? Yes. Do I mm-hmm. own trap boxes? Yes. No one should own that box unless you can actually handle the animal correctly and safely. Mm-hmm. That's just it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like saying, okay, uh, I'm going to buy the, we're going back to the Ferrari, right? I want to buy the Ferrari, but I'm going to put a governor in it that only goes 20 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And every time you drive that car, the bolts come loose on that governor and they come loose and they come loose and they come loose. And one day you forget to tighten the knob on that trap box or one day you think the snakes in the trap box and it's not, it's underneath the water bowl where you Mm -hmm. thought it couldn't fit. Right. And then you reach in with that trap box and now that snake is out or that snake is on you or what have you. And I talk to to Scott about this all the time. Like him and I both have shift boxes. We both have trap. Cody Bartolini, fantastic. He has some of the Mm -hmm. nicest shifting cages I've ever seen in my life. And he uses them, but he doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. He is so in tune. Scott is so in tune with his animals and learning how they work, their body mechanics, their locomotion, uh, their individual personalities that he can remove said animal from the enclosure safely and continue about his process. He doesn't have to, they don't have to shove it in the box or wait until it goes in the box and then close the door real quick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, ship boxes are cool. Trap boxes are cool, but you should be able to handle that animal without it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm so that. Um, I guess the, maybe uh, kind of a final point that, that I um, potentially bring up here is um you know, there should be some responsibility of the person being trained. I mean, I, I, I assume, you know, like in, in your situations, some of these stories where they say, um, go ahead and just go in there. Don't die. You know, you say you're the wrong person to be training me. 
I'm out of here. I'm going to yeah, find right. a right person or, or, or you know, work through the venomous community, get, get rec, you know, recommendations from other venomous keepers. Um, I, I, I don't know. I have a, a, a funny story, you know, speaking of venomous keepers that should know better, but I'm not going to name names here, but one of my friends, uh, went to, uh, this, this well-known venomous keeper and said, you know, and, and he had some, uh, some cobras for him and he said, let's, you know, sex these. And the guy, the guy that was receiving the cobras wanted to sex him. And my friend said, oh, you know, I can kind of visually sex them. I can get a, a good idea about if they're males or females just by looking at them or the tail, tail lengths or whatever. Sure. And the guy's like, no, no, let's, let's do this. Let's do this right. You know, let's probe them. And, you know, and, and so my friend said, okay, I'm going to restrain them. You probe them, you know? So he, he's kind of taken the dangerous end. The guy's like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And so my friend restrains the first one, he gets the probe and he sticks the probe up the cloaca <laughs> instead of into the hemipene oh, or, man. you know, hemiclitoral pocket oh, um, and says, Oh, that's a male. <laughs> and my oh, friend said, no. okay, we're done here. <laughs> I'm just going to visually sex and we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, wow. even the, the, the people who may be looked at as experts, you yes. know, sometimes they're not such experts. So yeah, I thought it was pretty funny story. But. I, uh, I have a, a similar story. Um, an individual who, I don't talk to anymore and I, I don't know why. I don't, I don't think anything happened. I think we just kind of fell out in touch. But a young kid, uh, 19, 20 years old, uh, lives out of state and he saw my venomous etiquette videos, the ones I was putting out, I'm due to put out another one, mm -hmm. um, on YouTube. And he's like, hey man, is there any way that we could speak on the phone and you could mentor me the, to the best of your ability over the phone? And I said, sure, I'll give you some pointers, but it's very difficult to not show you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, he told me that he he's in Texas and he went to somebody's house to try and get mentorship and he said the guy was really weird and he 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 just picked stuff up and he had a hook in his hand but he would wouldn't use it he would just grab him anyway mm. and it was this whole thing and and i told him i was like look man if it feels wrong it probably is yeah <laughs> right you know yeah, yeah. and Go with when your I, gut on those. Yeah, go with things. your gut. Like, yeah, don't put yourself and, in that situation. And I think one of the biggest things that I always tell people is, I don't teach venomous handling. Mm -hmm. I teach safety. Mm -hmm. I teach. It's my Henry always says this. My class is not a snake handling class. It is a snake safety class. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there is. It's never a break dance. It's always a waltz. It's a mm -hmm. ballet. Everything mm -hmm. needs to be slow and smooth and methodical and relaxed. Until it's not, and you got to break dance, in which case you, throw, you, you throw down the cardboard and let it happen, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you go into a scenario or a situation where it's techno light strobing and like house music, mm -hmm. that's not that's not kosher. That's not the right thing. Yeah. It needs mm -hmm. to be the opposite. It needs yep. to be baroque and you know Victorian and relaxed. Yeah. So yeah, and if you're if you're wigs and powder and <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> the whole nine yards. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but if yeah. you if you're gonna keep venomous, make sure that you're getting a you know the the right training that you're right. you're conscientious about that not just trying to pass off your hours so you can hurry and get that cobra you wanted your whole life you know yeah. like yeah. be smart for yourself like get get that education that that will 
keep you safe, keep you happy. And now, yeah. you know, there's no guarantee that, uh, you know, all the safety training in the world is not going to prevent every bite, you know? And, right. and I mean, working in a lab with deadly viruses, we, you know, we, we try our best to have, uh, and, and that should always be on the forefront of anybody that's working with anything dangerous is safety, you know, safety yeah. first, safety first. And, uh, you know, it's, it's your, it's your life on the line, you know, quite literally, if you're, if you're dealing with something that's, that's lethal. Um, so, you know, the, the onus is on the person to, to make sure. sure that they're trained properly and to, to walk away from a situation, you know, it might delay your, your ability to keep that animal that you so want to keep. But, you know, if you're going to live longer and be able to enjoy that animal for you know, a longer time, because you got trained properly, it's right. probably worth it, right? Hundred <laughs> so, yeah. percent. Well said, sir. Well said, Chuck. You, you we're going to say something earlier, and I feel like we 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 stopped you. Oh man, that was so long ago. That that, that <laughs> left that, that left okay. shortly after I. Okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. Well, um, you got any kind of final parting words? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, if anyone's looking to get into venomous and get a mentor learn as much as you can and even if you find the perfect mentor and you're like man this individual is worldly and experienced and safe and methodical that's fantastic still get another person mm -hmm. always get a second a third a mm -hmm. fifth a tenth opinion always yeah. learn as much as you can because what techniques work for me may not work for you at all mm. or better yet they may work a little bit and you still need to get stuff from other people yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and i feel like a lot of venomous keepers or, or soon to be or aspiring venomous keepers they get stuck where they're like man i only got one guy in a hundred miles i have to just get my time with them and it's like no do some more homework if that means you got to travel far away make friends on facebook whatever yeah learn from other people and learn oh. from other people's mistakes yeah i like i like that story you shared about the guy in texas like looking for additional you know supporting yeah. training even if it's over the phone i mean you can you know, provide some input right. or you know here here's what i'm trying to do and here's what i've been doing or here's what i'm working with hey have you thought about this you know i've worked yeah. with that species for 20 years and you know here's sure. the close call i had you know avoid this you know that yeah. kind of thing so mm -hmm. yeah there's even, always even a, small yeah yeah even small stuff like racks personally the two most deadly things with venomous keeping is deli cups and racks mm -hmm. because we're so ingrained to use our hands mm -hmm. yeah. you're sliding a drawer open with your yeah. fingers and it's the snake's just sitting there and it's going to see your heat signature or it's going to see the motion or it's going to know that every time that drawer gets open it's provided a meal and that's and an accident it's happen. focused yeah. that it's focused one way right, right. it's yeah. focused, <laughs> i mean it's all right where there it opens in front of, yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> exactly so, so if it if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And <laughs> if it doesn't seem right, it it's it's probably not. Yeah. You know, and yeah. always get second and third and fifth and twentieth opinions. Yeah. So. And and also, I mean, you might be really great at, at handling a certain class or, or group. You know, like I mean, the Australians are almost born handling elapids. Yeah. <laughs> they they have all sorts of elapid experience. There was a a that famous, shit scares uh, me to watch. That. I, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, man, those snakes are fast and like yeah. just it. I would never. I would never. But like they're you know people. Yeah. Can be, it's it's impressive. It's really impressive. And, and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. there but, was a, a famous Australian researcher that came over here for a conference and did some herping down in Arizona or New Mexico or something like that. And then he and he got bit by a 
either a copperhead or a, a rattlesnake or some, some kind really? of viparid. And, you know, he, he had all the, all the elapid experience in the world, but that viparid acted differently yeah. than yeah. all the elapids that he'd handled and he yeah. got bit. So it might've been an accident, like flipping a log or something, you know, the yeah. wrong way. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even well, those kind of I things mean, are, but you know, you yeah. know, that that's part of it, right? Yeah, like, exactly. That's, that's yep. part of it. <laughs> and, and, and I guess the point of that is you're, you're never too knowledgeable to, you know, make a mistake and, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. or, yeah. or too knowledgeable to learn from somebody, especially a local, you know, don't, yeah. don't just assume I I'm Mr. Venomous in Australia that, that translates to Mr. Venomous over here. So yeah, yeah, there's a well said. Well said. There's a lot of things to 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 consider when you're you know putting your life on the line potentially. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know when I when I kept those uh, rattlesnakes, I never handled them or you know I I, I wouldn't really manipulate them. I'd kind of use you know a, a long handled grabber to pull feces out of the cage or whatever. So you know I wasn't really trying to interact with them or or pull them out or handle them or whatever, but. uh I, I left them in the care of my parents when I, I lived in Germany for a couple of years and my mom went in and she heard the rattlesnake rattling. She was looking in the cage, trying to see it. And then she looked up and it was sitting on top of the cage. And this is a midget faded rattlesnake that kind of had wow. a bad attitude, you know, and it's, you know, a few inches from her face. And that's, that was the main reason I gave him up was I heard that story and I'm like, Oh man, I feel horrible. You know, if my mom would have got bit on the nose yeah. or something, I would have been uh, not a good situation. I thought maybe she yeah. beat you within an inch of your life. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, you she, know, even, even when you, things can happen, you know, they, oh, yeah. they probably weren't kept in the proper caging or, you know, that kind of thing. She called my dad in a panic and he said, Oh, you know, I'll be, I'll take care of it after work and <laughs> just put some towels under the door, make sure it can't get out of the room. And, and when he got back from work, it was just sunning itself in the windowsill, you know, so he nice, just nice. scooped it back into its cage. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, it might not just be you that you're risking right. in a lot of yeah. these situations. Yeah. And so you need to have concern for those around you and be aware of, you know, what you're doing, if it's proper to also protect the safety of, of others. So, well, yeah. and, I, and I mean, you know, maybe 20 years ago, that didn't make it all over the place, but you know, there's an incident with something, social media yeah, and, and the internet. Now it's, it's everywhere instantly, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and you have capitalists who will pounce on any opportunity to spin something or make something. Mm -hmm. It's not the, the, the minutia and the detail of it never comes out. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's always a, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think, and I don't remember if I, I know I talked about this, but there was a, a, a guy, I don't remember where it was, but he, he had passed away and he had snakes and some of them were venomous. And you read, I, we talked about this, Justin, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, you read the article and the article just like it, it goes out of its way to imply that somehow the venomous snake had something to do with it. But yeah. but even in the article, right. like it never says that, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's the like it leads you to believe the snakes yeah, killed were like yes. reaching yeah. for it at every mm -hmm. turn. But did they ever but, say what it was? No, I don't like think a I heart ever. Attack or something. Yeah, 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 I, mean, I don't think it ever said. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and and that's what I'm saying. And, and and I think even you were saying like in the bottom of it, it did it, it like explicitly said that you know that it's unclear of why he passed away. You know, so mm -hmm. it was like 
come on, man. Yeah, all the you snakes know, were in their cages. You know, there was nothing yeah, out. And yeah. you hear it from the people who were close by and they they tell you the real story. Like, no, yeah. nothing. <laughs> you yeah. know, it wasn't. Well, the but snakes. he was a, he, he died, was like a great know? neighbor and everyone yeah. loved him. And yeah. And, then, yeah. and then they found out he had snakes, and you know, oh my God, yeah. we never knew. How, like, yeah. like, yeah. like it was freaking Jeffrey Things Dahmer. Exactly. Yeah. And and unfortunately, that's kind of how the public sees reptile keepers sometimes. I mean, I think that's changing over time with, you know, educating the youth and stuff. But, you know, we we need to be be aware that, you know, that we're heavily scrutinized. There's not a lot of room for error. So, you know, there's no room. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you if you can't, you know, control your desire for instant gratification. I want a snake right now and I don't care. Nobody can tell me what I can and can't, you know, that's, you probably don't want to get a venomous snake. You know, let's, let's, uh, think about, I I, I do, I do think that that is probably a point for you, Justin, in in the fact that mentorship done right, Mm -hmm. you know, can, can, you you know, that at least, at least at that point, you know, where, where it feels like, look, man, uh, I I don't want to do this to you, but you shouldn't be doing this. I'm not gonna, Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna mentor you. I mean, obviously that person could go out and, and, you know, there's plenty of people who will sell venomous snakes to people who are unqualified and not, not licensed. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's a, that's an obvious black eye, but you know, at least, you know, somebody has told this person, look, I know what I'm doing and you shouldn't be doing this like yeah. straight yeah. up. Like and, and it's a two way street. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's kind of, that's a rough thing too. Right. Because here's obviously somebody who wants to do it, but shouldn't be doing it. And if you don't help them, are they going to just go do it on their own and mm. then potentially have a bad outcome, which, you know, only scrutinizes everybody else. Like, ah, oh, man, how about, I know for a fact that there are several individuals that are very popular on social media, right? Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that they learned correctly and that they are very, very good at knowing their animals in terms of natural history and husbandry and handling. And they are very methodical and very professional, but not on social media. Yeah. Right. They, they right. Put, right. And, yep. Put out that persona and, that they're, you yeah. know, flying by the seat of their pants. It's all yes. exciting and scary. Yes. And yeah, they yeah. could get you at any moment or something. I, I had a guy come to me and said, Hey, all right, so let's, let's rewind a little bit. I had a, a guy who wanted to get hours with me and he did six to eight months with me and he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He had done stuff at other facilities and I tried to vet him, but I couldn't because mm-hmm. the people that he had worked with had actually moved out of country. And mm-hmm. I eventually did. And everything he told me was a lie. Mm-hmm. But it didn't negate the fact that he was very good. He was mm-hmm. very, very good. And it, when it got down to yeah. brass tacks, he was he was rushed. He had to get his permit now. Mm-hmm. And when it came down to me signing off on him, I said, look, man, I'll sign off for 500 hours. Yeah. I'm not signing off on the 1,000 because you, you didn't do 1,000 hours. Yeah. And you've only been with me for less – you've been with me less than a year. I like, don't want to get on, in man. trouble for you. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's yeah. my butt signing yeah. off on yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. – he says, whatever, fine, I'll take the, the hours that you give me. And he goes off and I don't hear anything of it. Hmm. And then some time goes by, six months, whatever. And another student comes and he's like, hey, man, I've, I've done some hours with this person, that person. I'd like to get some hours with you. Sure, no problem. Come on by. We'll do it. And I say, oh, so who'd you train with? I trained with so-and-so. I go, really? Really? So let's do this. How would you remove this animal? And the things that he was taught were, were deadly. The things that he was taught was going to get him killed. And I had to basically uh, unteach him, you know what I mean? Uh, Break all the habits that he had. 
and start from scratch because the stuff that he was taught by this, you know, anxious Anakin, mm-hmm. if you will, yeah. <laughs> was was detrimental to, to everyone, yeah. detrimental to our community, detrimental to the animal, detrimental to the individual. Yeah. There, there's something interesting about human nature that, that you know, kind of turns the brain off when you really want to do something or want something. Yeah. I, I had a, fr- a friend that uh, did uh, skydiving and he didn't want to have, you know, be strapped to an instructor's back. So he learned, you know, went through the courses and learned how to skydive individually and, and all the, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so sure. it came time to sky. And there was a guy in the class that, uh, he had he had a lot of money, so he bought all the you know the skydiving equipment and was all gung ho about it and the gear. And he had seen you know skydivers that you know the guys that would you know land and run out of it. You know, and he's like, I'm sure. going to do that. I'm going to run out of it. And they're like, oh, No, that's a that's an expert move. You're a beginner. Mm-hmm. Don't try to run out of it your first go. And he didn't listen, and he tried to run out of his first jump, and he broke both, broke his, both femurs. his femurs. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. like you know. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Now, that only impacted him. It didn't say, okay, nobody can skydive anymore. Whereas, you know, that's that's you know some somewhat of a reality in the venomous community, and so very much a reality. That's a that's a hard balance to strike, right? And And, and, you know, know, I I I I, I do got to say though, you know, sometimes it's just not fair though, because I, I I think you know if somebody. there's all types of risk, right? And you Mm -hmm. assume so much risk as a human being just operating out in the world. And, and, and the way we assign risk sometimes, I mean, is working with venomous animals risky? Yes. But as long as you're assuming that risk in the safest way possible and, and, and the only person who gets injured is you. Right. I, I mean, that's no different than so many other things yeah. other yeah. than the way it's looked at by people who would marginalize it because it's reptiles, because mm, right. it's a venomous right. snake. Right. And yeah. I guess that, yeah. that kind of chaps my ass, you know, it's just like, sure. and, 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 you know, it's just kind of unfair. And, and I, I mean, I guess maybe, I guess maybe some of that is understood, you know, you do hear, about stuff happening and it, and it, it, you know, the, the, the noise level goes up and then kind of the noise level goes down. And I, I, I think some of that is, is not lost on people, but it's an easy, you know, it's an easy target. It's an easy uh, feather ruffler. So, you know, I just, I I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously anytime we're easy targets, we got to do it better uh, than, than, you know, than the next than the next group but yeah um you know it's, it's just statistically proven that driving a car is more dangerous than keeping venomous snakes it's yeah. statistically proven well dude yeah. more people die from horses like there's so yeah. many other animals <laughs> yeah. that are domestically kept that yeah. people die for at much not not slightly but much higher rates every yeah. year and it, yeah. it's just kind of like you know we because they're you know they're horses and we ride horses and we have a long history with horses and in, in, in settling this country and things like that. It's like, yeah, well, we couldn't get rid of horses. Like what? Like <laughs> yeah. we could, we regulate yeah. horses. Like people would flip the fuck out, you yeah. know? Well, that's, yeah. That's the, the Steve Rennell acute and cuddly theory, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You, know, you can have cats all day long in Australia, but if you yep. want to have some, you know, 
reptile from another country. Nope, no, no yeah. go. You know, even though those mm-hmm. other reptiles from other countries aren't decimating you know, the wildlife populations like, like exactly. Cat would. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. I always have to do some kind of a rant. A <laughs> no, rant yeah, I love it. Yeah, I've been on a rant you. roll recently. So we love do your it. rants. Yeah. Chuck. Oh it's my all gosh. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's great. Uh, keeps it spicy, right? It well, does. uh, we sure appreciate you coming on, Phil. This has been yeah, a really, uh, really good conversation. I, I mean, I've learned a ton and, and, you know, it's, I, I'm, I've always been fascinated by venomous reptiles and I, I love rattlesnakes. I love to encounter them in the wild and see them and, you know, seeing the, the, the ridge nose and the, the cloud bride this, this last year. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to think about keeping venomous and things. So where can people find you if they want to, you know, reach out? I'm actually, I'm all all over the place. Um, So we have (laughs) a live podcast called snakes and stogies Mm -hmm. every Monday night at 9 PM Eastern standard. Uh, It's part of the herpetoculture network, which is a network of podcasts, uh, a few of my friends and I have. Uh, and then I just started a new podcast with the one and only Mr. Nipper Reed uh, <laughs> called Venom Exchange Radio. And that's also anywhere you can find podcasts. There's only one episode out right now. The next episode, episode two, comes out on Sunday. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a strictly venomous centric podcast. So uh, field herping, breeders, uh, photography, husbandry, yeah. you know, the, the medical field. We're going to cover it all. And nice. that's, that's on the NPR network, right? Like, well, we kind of collaborated between the two. The so it's, oh, cool. it's our own, it's our own Venom Exchange Radio is its own feed, but obviously Nipper comes from the NPR side. Yeah. I come from the, the Herpetoculture <laughs> Network side. So yeah. we're kind of, we're, we're, we're the liaisons to both. I love <laughs> it. Great. I love yeah. it. That's awesome. Give it a listen. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I, yeah. I haven't, I, Honestly, I, I spaced it off, so I need to go and listen to that. I'm really excited. Yeah, I remember hearing the announcement, and so yeah, I need to get yeah. get in there and listen to it. But I appreciate it, guys. yeah, good yeah. stuff. And I mean, I I don't know, I really enjoy listening to you guys on Snakes and Stogies. Yeah. It's it's you guys do a quality job. You get Thanks, a lot man. of good guests. It means so. a lot. Yeah, yeah. and it, I mean, you got to mention your uh, Nefaris. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my my Instagram is the Nefaris Initiative. Um, it's basically. Uh, my animal account, if you will, but mm-hmm. it's knobtail specific. So uh, Nephorus and Underwatersaurus. And I just, I made the page to promote photography and husbandry and breeding of knobtails because at the time when I made it, there really wasn't anything. There sure as hell wasn't a beautiful book written by the one and only <laughs> Dr. Drew Lander, right? <laughs> so, uh, so I tried to share as much as I could about knobtails and and barking geckos, and it kind of snowballed into some venomous stuff here and there. But, yeah. but yeah, if you're interested in knobtails, it's the Nefarious Initiative. It's actually knobtails.ig. So, yeah, very cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thanks again for coming on, and um, thank you guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll give a shout out to uh, the Morelia Python Radio Network. Um, the website moreliapythonradio.com. Everything you need to know is there. You can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Everything's at NPR Network. How did I do this week, Chuck? You did well. <laughs> you getting did polished well. here. Hope, hope the I, Podfather is happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, I'm impressed. Well yeah. done, Justin. Well done. Well, thanks for uh, listening to another edition of Reptile Fight Club, and we'll be back at you next week. Stay hungry like the wolf, folks, and we're out. Fight Club. 